It was at this moment that he knew. He bucked up. Welcome. You're listening to Bucked Up with Sam Buck. Like, uh, do you use them in your, you use them in your videos and stuff? Uh, or you, just, you mean in real life people? Are well, just like, I, oh, I'm my mother, blah, 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 blah. Like if I'm telling a story about my mom, mm. you know? Uh, Does that I mean said, you I, aren't close with her? Uh, I think it just means I'm an adult. I, I think that's how I, that's how I look at it. Um, you have to switch to first names next. Uh, like I, Nancy. My father is in my phone as Peter. He is in my phone as Peter. Well, you yeah. look like a dad. Like you probably look older than your dad. I uh, yeah, that's how that's how it works. <laughs> my seventy three year old father. I look older than him. You're talking about my gray hair, you son of a bitch. I didn't yeah. come here to be insulted. Okay? <laughs> you pull. You're like the Steve Martin of comedy without. Thank you. That without the success. <laughs> Meaning you're just gonna quit. No, that's right. I'm just gonna quit. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you got the gray hair early. Uh, twenty three. Pull it off. Twenty three. That's when I started. I died it till 29, though. You, you know, died it? I died it. Just know. for men? Just for men. Just for men. I I had it down to a science. I was good at it. I could do it by myself. But you have a good hairline. So it doesn't matter what the color is as long as it's a good hairline. That's what I tell myself. Thank, thank you, Samuel. <laughs> I take a biotin every day. What is that? It, well, I used to take, I guess. This is, is that a hair loss drug? Is, yeah, no. Well, I used to take finasteride, which is like the real hair I loss. take that. I take that, that made me depressed. It, it actually like it's banned in seven different countries, including Japan and um, Germany because of suicide and depression. Well, it could have just been your life. So, <laughs> you know, that's tough to actually differentiate. It also affects sex drive. But the second I got off of it, I noticed a difference. Did you? Yeah. I mean, it, it, all the side effects. It's so weird because it's like it's potential side effects. These are not guaranteed side effects. So it's like, okay, this can affect sex drive. This can affect, I hadn't even heard the depression one. Um, but like so far, so good with the sex drive. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to be like, you're not depressed. <laughs> I'm happy, but it's limp. All right. <laughs> Imagine how happy I'd be. if it. Well, I was thinking like, it's so, I remember, uh, you haven't met him, but my buddy who I do my podcast with Steve Pratt, when I first got on it, I was like, they said, they, they said uh, impotence can be a side effect. And I'm like, that's the cruelest fucking irony ever. Cause I'm only taking this to keep getting laid, you yeah. know, cause you, you, you want your hair. Yeah. It's like, Hey baby, I know you're, I, I can't get it up, but you know, James Firth has one of my favorite jokes about it where he's like, I'm taking the hair loss. So I'm not depressed, but then the hair loss pill makes me depressed. Sure. So it's like, I'm in this shitty cycle. Sure, sure, of sure. Like, uh, yeah, I already had depression before that. So I'm like fucking impervious. Yeah. Working out is, I don't care about my hair really. Like, well, not, it's, there's but, nothing but, I can do. I take the biotin though. So I got off the finasteride and I take the biotin. Is that a pill? Yeah. It's just a vitamin. It's and it. I've noticed more growth with that than finasteride. And it's just a vitamin. It can give you acne though. Bi- I never had horrible me. acne. Biotin can give you acne. Yeah. So if you have sensitive skin, it can give you acne. Were you losing your hair? No. It's also for like uh, skin and nails yeah, and shit. And nails. Ah, ladies take it a lot. You feel like you have, you look like you have good skin. Like when I shave, my neck just turns to like it's only relative to my hair. You're like that skin's too smooth for that <laughs> fucking gray mop. George yeah. Washington over here. Yeah, you have like the Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> uh, well, maybe I'll get on biotin too. Why not? It's good. Yeah, get off just cover finestra. all the bases. No, I'm still taking that shit. Do you put the dropper in your hair? No, 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 no. See, I used just to, the pill. Just the pill. I took the pill. And well, because like Rogaine, I, that's what I tried initially because I thought my hair was starting to like thin, like mm-hmm. in my late 20s. And I was like, oh, I'll take this. But then I was just like, I read up and they're like, that really only works on the crown, you know, not like receding. So I did my research. I still and go, here we are. I still go to my, um, pediatrician and he gives me my hair law he gave me my hair you go to your pediatrician yeah he, he said he's allowed to take me until i'm 26 but it's really funny when i just show up baked. you show up and you're next like a six-year-old <laughs> and i'm in, high in the waiting balls, room. and i'm like <laughs> sitting in the tiny kid chair and like, yeah. sir would you get away from my child <laughs> they you're have, making small talk with one of the other patients there's literally a train set in the middle of the <laughs> <laughs> office and what? i'm sitting there stoned playing with one it. of the rugs with roads on it you're just like <laughs> yeah. oh it's something to play with coloring book uh, like that cone you put the rings on yeah 
hey idiot drawing the lines just yeah. yelling at yeah, the yeah. kids i'm next so much smarter than you <laughs> yeah i can go to him until i'm 26 <laughs> yeah hey doc you should really test this kid for stuff he's i think he's got a problem oh wait this is i went the last time i went to my doctor they gave me this form to fill out about depression and the nurse handed it to me before the doctor got in there and I filled it out and I was being like, oh, I bet a lot of people are depressed nowadays. Like a lot of people are filling these out bad. And then she was like, yeah. And then the doctor came in and he was like, I asked about, he was like, that was just for you. Like we don't give that to yeah, everyone, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I thought everyone had it. So I, I was no, talking no, to no. the nurse. I, like I told, I got a physical in December and I absolutely got a form, uh, <laughs> That was something kind of like that, like a questionnaire about depression, because I think it's so prevalent right now with the lockdown and all the stuff. People being pussies. So, so maybe he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like, okay. yeah, I came out. I get too sad off an asteroid like you, like a badass. <laughs> I just get sad for being alone for a year. Yeah, I can take pills to make me sad. So can we? We can all do that. <laughs> take enough pills, you get sad eventually. <laughs> Uh, doesn't matter what the pill is, but yeah, I forgot about that until you said it. Like I got the questionnaire, but I thought it was, I think it was just cause this is a pediatrician's you think, office. Think he looked at you, it's like, are you sad? You know, you, yeah. you're not going to an adult doctor. No one with man tits is happy. You have man tits. Of course I have man. Oh, I used tits. to be fat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have like puffy nips too. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's bad. Oh, well, Hey, we can't all be, when you make a little money, you'll be able to get some surgery on those. My dad wants me to get hair surgery. Hair surgery? Yeah. Uh, to get a fuller head of hair? Yeah, like get the hair plugs. Uh, yeah, they, they never look good. No, and then I have the scar on the back of my head that women will feel, and it's the same thing as like a fake tit scar. Well, let's get into that. Fake tits? Well, do you already have a scar, or are you talking about the scar no, from I'm hair plugs? No, I'm saying if I oh, get okay. a scar from hair plugs. No, like, I'm not just cutting the back I of my was, head. I was like, what's the scar from? <laughs> no, no. That's I was where not. Pa hit me with a lead pipe when I was just a boy. I wasn't that depressed. Yeah. I never cut. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Cutting That that would be good. like back of the head, like, oh, the hair covers it. No one's going <laughs> to fucking know. No the self-help podcast that tells people <laughs> yeah. where to cut themselves. You told that to me. like, So this is self-help. I, I honestly, I've only listened to a little bit of an episode. I can't believe so you this, even did this that. This isn't a comedy. This is not comedy. It's comedy. Yeah. I don't know. When I first comedy started. Slash, it just depends on the guest. Yeah. When I first started this podcast, I was very sad. I was heartbroken. I was had just lost a lot of weight and I just didn't know how to be happy. Okay. And so I started the podcast to that's, be like, I think like, that's how it starts for everyone. When they to start be like, I want to try to better myself. And then it just kind of got into me talking to rappers. And now I'm talking to you. You know, I am a natural sidestep you know, <laughs> from, from, from a rapper. Yeah, yeah. you are. You I'm are a bit of a G, G from the feet up. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> And I assume I, that's why I'm here. I thought that I was going to say the whitest thing that has ever been said on this podcast, but I think G up from the feet up is the whitest G'd thing. G up from the feet up. That First, that's, that's, from a ra that's from a rap song. Thank you. <laughs> what rap song? I didn't song? just make that up. I think it's... Uh, the way you said it, It's though, either Snoop or it's Chronic 2001. I can't remember. You could actually go viral on TikTok of in, reading raps in your voice. In my voice? In just your look, just very Decipher serious. Deciphering rap songs for old white people. Yeah, just reading. <laughs> Reading it seriously into the camera. And then translating like the ebonics or the slang. You know? <laughs> ebonics is racist. <laughs> I know it's the proper term, but it sounds, it's like African American. You, I, I, it's way, it's more racist. Factor in intent. We don't do that enough. What was that? I, it is a rap lyric. You were right. I looked it up. Of course. It is. From what song? Chronic 2001? Uh, no, it's called Jeet Up from the Feet Up. I don't know if it's by Oh, that's. Yeah, but that's oh, wait, a song on an Dogg, album. The East Side Us. Is that the okay? One it was a Snoop Dogg, but when Snoop Dogg says it, he he. It sounds better than when I say it. Sounds a lot. No better. way. Yeah. Ah, oh, I was <laughs> under the impression it sounded cool. I want Snoop Dogg to listen to this and to do your jokes. Uh, like to read your jokes out. We just do each other's act. Yeah, exactly. Just like, okay, I'll rap. Now his flow is too smooth. Like, who's I could your never... Martha Stewart? Like Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> she she has to be black. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, it's a complete Snoop reverse. Dogg has Martha Stewart, then you have Whoopi Goldberg. I mean, that's the only black woman I can think of. So she'll do. <laughs> now it's like, all right, name three black women. <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> name it. Just can't do it. 
Do you, you hear that? You, everyone? Want, you want me to name three black? Yeah, women? name three black women right uh, now in rap or no any black. You're <laughs> stalling because you can't Lil, think of Lil it. Lil Kim, Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> you can't use the one I can. I can't. I can't, <laughs> I can't think of anyone else. Oprah. Um, this is a tough. I it's just, like I just, I just can't. I just I, I've lived in a bunker for the last twenty years. I can't. You never thought you'd have a pop quiz again, did you? Taking you right back. To, Taking me right back. You actually get into this. You gave me some of the best comedy advice that I still think about to this day. Oh, gee. Is this this is how you became a superstar? You took this, this advice is, to heart. No, but I do. I do feel like it made it was a change in my comedy after you told me that. And it might be simple, but you like telling me do the opposite of what you're doing you yeah do the opposite the audience needs to know you're in the room with them oh yeah yeah. That's, which is like that's helpful it, it was really helpful because like yeah now i can notice people who just go up and do their act and people who are trying to like have a conversation with the yeah, audience yeah. it's really limiting yeah yeah it's really limiting i, I mean especially, i'm not a good enough joke writer <laughs> uh well it, it all comes in time uh yeah i mean it's like uh you if you can go up there with a riff about something that's happening in the room to let them know that you're not just a wind up toy, like it goes a long way. Yeah. How old are you when you started? Um, first open mic I ever did was, I think I was 24 or five, maybe 25. Uh, I didn't start doing it consistently though until like 28 or nine, something like that. So it's been like five or six years. So did you only do it once? I did it occasionally, but like I was traveling a lot for work. So I wasn't part of a scene because I was always in a different place. What did you think your life was going to be? What was that work? Oh, it was sales, you know, and I worked for an insurance broker. So that just you look of, like you could be an insurance broker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. hey, listen, like you uh, love scamming old people. I well, hey, it, <laughs> I do. I don't want to do it for a living. I mean, it's keep a little bit of that on the side. <laughs> You just knock on doors and hope they're every every time I do a gig at like a VFW, I feel like I'm scamming old people. I'm like, how can I trick these old people into laughing at my jokes? One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like whenever I see too many like too much white hair at a show, I'm like, oh fuck. All right. Yeah. Because you can't do your full act anymore. Like, no. Not not that I do a lot of like you know Tinder, uh, but uh, at the same time, like they're just references they're not going to get. It is funny, though, because I was thinking about your comedy today oh, you were? <laughs> in preparation for this podcast. I don't just you remember my jokes because I'm, I'm, I've forgotten everything. I remember some of your jokes. Okay. Um, I have you did a joke uh, that I don't even remember. God damn, it, it's going to be that you only did once. And it was so funny. <laughs> Except it was about Dracula. What was it? It was about Dracula. Um about vampires being a vampire or getting uh, bitten by a vampire. Yeah. Child molesters. Yeah, that, that's an old thought. I was just thinking of... Uh, I remember that to this day. Uh, yeah, because there are people that are born child molesters, but then there are other people that have been molested, and that gives them a greater likelihood of becoming child molesters. So it's kind of like being born a vampire or getting bit later on in life. <laughs> yeah. There's like type A molester and type B molester. It's <laughs> a really good... But it's, I always thought like South Park could do a really good version of that. It'd be yeah. a very dark episode. Well, you come across, you look like you would be a clean comedian. I don't know why, just like your voice and, but you are not when, no. but you also, I don't think of you as dirty until I like actually think about your jokes, uh, like the cheese pizza joke uh, that yeah. you get a lot of hate for. I try to, uh, you know, ride the line, ride the line, mm -hmm. be dirty, but be like, you know, have enough mass appeal. Were you dirty in the beginning, like dirty? Filthy, filthy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I went through like a one year phase of trying to write all clean just so I had the skill because I did like one too many, you know, shows for like a general audience where I just bombed because there was no plan B. It was just like, all right, rape joke. Okay. Uh, abortion joke. All yeah. right. And then I was like, all right, well, I wrote an, a, a joke about Applebee's and that was like my attempt at like being universal. It's like, okay, I can do this in any room. Who doesn't like Applebee's? This is America. How long into comedy were you when you had that thought? When you were like, I'm going to try to, I'm trying to be clean. Applebee's joke. Uh, that was probably like two years into doing it when I was doing it like nightly. Once I started doing it nightly. It is weird looking back. Not that you're in it. What you said, five years, six years. Yeah. Seriously. Probably six years. See, that's a good amount of time. But then like Alan's done it 
10 years. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, And I see, I did it for the first time when I was 18, but I only started seriously two years ago, even though I did it like once every couple months, but I don't count that time. No, you shouldn't, you shouldn't count it. it way too many count. They'll be like, can you believe blah, blah, blah still sucks. He's been doing it 11 years. And it's like, yeah, well the motherfucker gets up once every two months. So That's it's such like a pet peeve of mine. No, it's idiotic to be like, well, I've been doing it this long. It's like, no, you, if you're getting up once every two weeks, you're not, I don't consider you doing stand-up comedy. No. You know, if you, if you, uh, you got to get up four or five nights a week if you're actually attempting to do it. Because yeah. that's the only way you get better. It's the consistency. I you're doing it once every two weeks. You're not gaining on what you did the last time. I miss doing like 11, like 11, getting on stage 11 times a week, like 12 yeah. times a week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's what sucks about right now where it's like it's tough to stay motivated with it because you can't, if you have your shitty set, you don't have enough stage time to like shake that rust off. Yeah, well, you, you I... So it's like if you're getting up once a week or twice a week. Yeah. I got up four times last week and it felt like by the end of the fourth one, I was like, all right, I'm feeling a little, a little something here, getting the sea legs back under me. But then you get stifled because it's another three, four days until totally. your next one. And totally. then you can't like build up on bits. But I felt like before the pandemic, I was like celebrating every good set. And that would be if I had five good sets in a week, that's like five celebrations. So then when I what a celebrate, man, just drinking cocaine cocaine bender. uh, You've been with me. I don't do coke. (laughs) (laughs) But you'd um, have a good set. You'd party. after. I would like drink. And yeah. And then uh, when I stopped when pandemic hit, I guess I could focus on on the self-help thing on like losing weight and trying to be healthy. And now being able to get up four or five times a week, I'm, I'm like, shit, how can I be healthy and do comedy? Yeah. That's you a, know what it, I mean. It's, Cause I mean, I think that's natural. I mean, for at least people who drink, you know, where at first, like when you have a good set, you are flying high or eating it, unhealthy food and gaining weight. Or, like. or, yeah. 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 Um, you know, something like that, or like even, or if you have an awful set, you get very low, but eventually over time, the highs get less high, the lows get less low. And that's when you can really start getting good. Yeah. Because, you, you know, you're just uh, you're just more leveled out. You're able to kind of like compose yourself. Okay, this is what I did well. This is what I didn't do well. Well, it's just more time added. Like, yeah, as humans, we're like an equation of everything that's ever happened to us up until that moment. <laughs> Stoner thoughts. <Whoa. laughs> I'm an equation, dude. <laughs> I am but... <laughs> I'm just a collection of experiences. It is true, but then Splash when you flash a little jeans in there. All right. Nature or nurture. What do you think? It's a blend. <laughs> like a nice wine. Uh-huh. Uh, no, but like the more you do it, of course, you're six years in. Of course, you have more time under your belt. Yeah. So you know how to do it. That's really the only advice you can give. It's I, like I think I've said this to like some of the younger comics too. Like I think what changes the most is uh your process changes because if you write very consistently, which hopefully you do, if you're a a comic, like you find more efficient ways to mine the jokes out of your head Mm -hmm. because you're always like your talent is finite, you know, it's fixed. You can't get more talented. So you just have to find the best way to get it out of your head. Yeah. And work, you know, and I used to write stuff down word for word and that makes you kind of stiff. Um, and now I just write down like, kind of like a, an outline, like, okay, I want to hit this, 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 and that way, you know, I can speak a little more like uh, naturally. Do you still sit down and write? Oh, yeah. I don't. I mean, I I haven't really I've, I've totally switched to like sketches and shit because there's no stand up. But uh, now that stand up's back, I'm trying to write again. I used to write daily. Yeah. Uh, probably a half hour, an hour a day. See, that's something, something like I that. need to like force myself to do. Like, well, it's fun. I mean, the payoff is what's fun. It's like the writing isn't fun. But yeah. when you see like a new joke that fucking pops, like, ah, oh, this is why we do it. Yeah. I like to go for drives. Like you came out to where I am in the middle of nowhere. And I like to drive through like the forest or the an mountains. hour in 22 minutes. You, you will look, get. Thank God you pay me a hundred dollars for this. <laughs> don't say that. I don't pay anyone. For this. People have, I've only had one person ask. 
to get paid. Yeah. To come here. Actually, two people. Patrick Dapari, former guest, asked oh. if he was going to get paid for being well, on my podcast. He is a professional. <laughs> and and then I had a rapper asked if they were going to get paid, and I said no. And Patrick Dapari, Austin, Texas now, right? Austin, Texas. Oh, boy. You ever think about moving down there? Not Austin. Uh, New York, for sure. Yeah. That's... Yeah, I think, I mean, Austin definitely looks like it's in a position to be the third best scene now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I think, like, it's a little impulsive just to move down there now because, A, I know because uh, Ben Smith, have you met him? Yeah. Uh, he's down there, and he said the influx is insane. He's like, the, the size of the scene is probably five times what it was a year and a half ago when he moved there. Um, so, I don't know. It, it seems a little saturated. And, I mean, it seems like a good scene, but I think New York and L.A. is still, like, stand-up is so part of the DNA. Mm-hmm. But those are still going to be the top two scenes. Yeah, of course. And not everyone can leave. It's just like if ten sure. if ten percent of something leaves to go somewhere, even though it's ten percent, it's going to sure. seem like a large amount. Well, and plus, like I feel like the big perk of Austin. I mean, it's cool because a bunch of headliners have moved down there. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that it's opened up. But I mean, like you can already kind of see the writing on the wall around here. Like shit's opening up. Yeah. How do you once feel, we're vaccinated? How do you feel like shit's opening back up? And you're now very focused in another art form with your ske- sketches. I, I can stop those at any time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, is I'll, comedy really your like main? Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I have the day job, but I'd, you know, love to get rid of it. Uh, Were you it, ever able to sustain yourself fully on comedy? Mm-hmm. No. The last year before this, I was absolutely, you know, paying for a lot of expenses with it. But, um, but that, I mean, that's kind of the beauty of the day job, which is, you know, it, it does not, I, I don't spend 40 hours a week with the day job. So it's honestly perfect for comedy. Um, and really everything I make from comedy is just excess, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, all right, let's, I can pay for bills, but I can also pay for stupid shit. But you don't, you're not, you're going to stop doing the sketches once comedy comes back. I'm not going to stop. I'm definitely not going to stop. Cause you just showed me your newest one with Alan and that's fucking hilarious. Like that was yeah, maybe my you. favorite one. Yeah. I, I'm excited for that one. No, I, I like that skill. Honestly, like you can look at the pandemic as a negative or a positive. I mean, on the whole, you'd say negative, but I mean, just for yourself, I mean, you know, you know, I just, yeah. I, uh, because I mean, like you can, I mean, I used it to like make the pivot to the sketches and stuff, learn how to edit, which I had no idea how to do. Mm-hmm. So now I've got like equipment for that and it's just easier and easier. Um, and it seems like that's where comedy's going. It's like, you have to have an online presence. I mean, a podcast, obviously. Yeah. Um, but you have to be able to do more shit than just talking to a microphone now. I think about that. Even my favorite, even like David Tell, who I think is the most like, true form sure. comedian he's only stand-up he had shows like he had oh, oh, his he did, tv he did. shows he and like even like big j as podcast who's another person who i think is a very like but once again they person. are established so it's kind of a different role oh for totally them too. Yeah. like david tell doesn't have a podcast he doesn't put out videos he doesn't he doesn't have to he already has the base mm-hmm. you know if you're a newer comic today you have to do shit you have to do shit i think um yeah depend, depending on what your goals are in comedy like if you just want to do vfws and shit forever i mean i'm you know you probably don't but um you know you gotta it's it's kind of like you have other avenues for uh funny yeah you know? like tiktok is stupid but you can totally do things on tiktok that you can't do on stage i or, literally just downloaded a tiktok posted a stand-up clip and it got eighteen thousand views and five thousand likes and that's and one I'm of like, your clips that's, Imagine, that's what i'm saying oh, that was that was from like a year ago a you hear that, kids? <laughs> and, you, and you can do anything anyone can have eighteen thousand views no but i do the i thought that like i could do stand up and then do a pod, get a podcast yeah, when yeah. I was, but no, now I'm realizing that my podcast is a lot yeah. bigger of an entity that my stand up is. Sure. And it's going to be the exact opposite. Yeah. It, it, and it should be. I, Cause I think when you start learning something, it's uh it's like an overcorrection, you know, it's like, all right, you're going to, you start learning something that's going to become your focus. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then once you've kind of mastered the skill, you don't have to put as much time into it. It's already established. You already know what you're doing. Now you can concentrate on the other thing again. So my, my hope would be with the videos, cause I put out basically one or two a week. Uh, if I started doing like one every couple of weeks and then start really ramping up the stand-up again. I think that's what I'd want to do. I definitely don't want to just stop doing them because I like them. I mean, you're I, also a really good writer. Like, 
I went to school for theater, like playwriting. Like I had a full length play put on in my school. Like I, but you're a really good writer oh, like, thanks, man. of sketches. Like you're, you have that skill. And you said you didn't know, have that before. Uh, I'd never done sketches or videos or anything before. So that's it, crazy. it's been like, uh, it's been a pivot. And, and of course, just like fucking anything, it's like my first couple of videos probably did better than any other video. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's, like, even though I think the progress, like they're, they're getting better, but it's like, uh, the, the third video I ever put out was um, me just pretending to be someone's like neighbor uh, saying why they like college basketball more than the NBA. And it's just racial undertones the whole time. Yeah, that's you know? a hilarious video. And it got shared. I, on the- I know that guy, but it like that got shared by two huge publications and shit. And I was like, oh, this is easy. Do you get. And then nothing else got yeah. shared like that. My fourth episode ever is with Lloyd Legacy Sharp. The? The. And okay. it got. 6,000 listens. Wow. And it's my top listen to podcast. And you're like, this is it, baby. Smooth sailing. I've had Grammy winning rappers on my podcast that get like. You've had a Grammy winning rapper on here? I've had two Grammy winning artists. One, a rapper who won for working on Hard Knocked Life Volume 2 by Jay Z. Yeah. Like as a producer? Or? No, like as a rapper on the album. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Wise P. Yeah. Oh, Wise P? I went to high school with him. <laughs> I know Wise P. No, but I'll get like rappers that like are pretty big like that i'm actually fan and they get nowhere close to like the listens is like it's weird yeah yeah it's weird yeah. i mean with all this stuff like flake 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 i think about this a lot like when you talk about putting out the online content whether it's podcasts or uh videos it's consistency it's repetition over time because you know the internet is such a massive ocean of shit you know floating around yeah so it's just like you have to just keep throwing that shit at the wall it's true you throwing the shit at the wall and then something's gonna stick and it's probably not even gonna be your best thing yeah it's you know? well it's like but hopefully the person goes back and listens to your other shit consistency over a long period of time equals success it's like whoa whoa <laughs> hey, how did you know how did you know my tattoo <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna just have to but cut yeah. the clips of you giving me horrible reactions to my high thoughts. <laughs> just like five, you just string together five of those. Yeah, of my stupid high thoughts. Wow. <laughs> no, but you're exactly right. I can't remember who uh, who who that quotes from, but yeah, yeah, it's. But it, you're right, and that's kind of how. Like, there's days where. I don't know that I won't like an episode that goes out and they'll be like, well, in two days, another one will come out. And then it's like, it's just nice to keep going. You gotta. Yeah. And, and I, I've heard shit too, where it's like, I, I'm a big proponent of quality. And I feel like there are a lot of people right now where it's like quantity over quality. And I've even heard like, you know, like the self-help guy, Gary V, you know, like he preaches the quantity over quality because he's like, you know, art is subjective. Therefore you want to get out as much as possible for the right, the right person to see the right clip or the right, you yeah know, whatever it is uh I, but to a degree like i feel like i'm a little old school in the sense that like i don't i don't really want to put out something that's shitty i mean we all do it yeah we all do it but like you know my preference would be not to just put something out for the sake of it you know well and, that's why i like the podcast is because like i am that like if i was sure. gonna do sketches i would probably i would have to dedicate my life to like it. and it's I like this because I can talk to people I'm actually fans sure, of. Sure. And you. And good burn. <laughs> Every dog has his dad. No, but it's true. Like I, I am a fan of your comedy. And it's Excellent. and then I can just I don't have to like I have Ani and Irish to produce it and then they sure. can I don't I can just focus on like what's next yeah, exactly. and the comedy. Yeah, yeah. You can focus on the actual conversation. Exactly. Which is I think I don't think I'd have any amount of the success as I do if I didn't have if you if I had, had to, to like chop it all up yeah or, and do yeah. it myself do you, like, do, do you do the promos I do all my own clips and stuff but they okay. do the the like yeah putting put, the background put yeah exactly okay. which I don't like doing no no it's not mean, that's like the fucking uh yeah I don't know what to call it but that's like the behind the scenes shit like that's yeah. the, that's the kitchen of the restaurant not exactly the, you know, yeah at the front of house um well that's why it's like you kind of need it like you have a team i have a team you have a team you and sham are a team. I, I, oh that's my team <laughs> that's your team it's I, the, I, yeah, I you do a podcast Shom. with one other guy we split up duties and then i do the sham stuff uh and uh i mean who doesn't want just a wild animal in their sketch i mean sham's very important you, you guys work well well do you when you have a sketch got big like that 
uh, one. basketball one. Yeah, yeah. Do you get a following or is it like TikTok where it's like you can get a million views well, and it's not, it, it, it doesn't translate? It, it depends. Uh, the thing that sucks so badly about that is I got, I got views on TikTok, but then um, Ball is Life has like six million follow, uh, followers on Instagram. Uh, they didn't tag me in the video. So just like literally, I'm, I'm just watching the views go up to 400,000 views, 500,000 views. And I've like got one new follower from it. Oh. <laughs> so and they didn't tag you at all. They, I DM them and they're mm -hmm. like, oh, sorry, we'll fix it like four days later. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, OK, well, never mind. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it just uh, it depends. I mean, I, I care the most about Twitter, I'd say. Um, you are a very good yeah. tweeter. Uh, I, well, it's all writing. It's all writing. It's a good place to workshop jokes too. If you have a, like a tight joke, you know, if you have a short joke. Were you a fan of what comedians did you like growing up? Um. Well, were you a fan of comedy, like as a huge, kid? Huge, huge, huge. But I never thought it was like a possibility because mm -hmm. uh, I was always shy. So I was like, "Well, I'm not gonna talk in front of people." Yeah. Uh, George Carlin is my all-time favorite. He's the one I that really like got me into it. Um. But I mean, I'm watching. You know, this is like in the early 2000s so i'm watching all of his older shit yeah um yeah chris rock dave Chappelle, you know louis ck bill burr well, i mean bill burr came later but yeah. like louis i think was like i think the first time i watched him was like freshman year of college or something uh, and i was like oh my god this guy's great well you i guess it's now because david tell by the way david tell yeah, yeah of course you because you can't get up on stage i feel like you're doing a lot of like the more one-liners and like the twitter because like that's yeah. how all you can write right now that's all i can write i have to try to do like riffs and rants on tiktok like the mm -hmm. cheese pizza thing yeah so i i enjoyed that too because you can kind of like litter it with punchlines and shit like that um but uh yeah it's just a, it's a weird adjustment it's a weird pivot yeah, because I think about like the comedians I really did like, not, not like the ones that like I want to sound good. Set. Not that that's what you were doing, but like the ones I really did like, like I loved Doug Benson. Like okay. I really loved him growing. I loved sure. like Joe Rogan. I like loved Nick Swartzen. I loved sure. early Tom Segura, like white girls with cornrows and sure. thrilled and all that shit. And I like the silliness of it and the kind of... Of course, they're writers, but it's it's almost not like the joke. Like, I'm not trying to write, like, sure jokes. I'm trying to write, like... An act. I like, guess, yeah, or like, bits, the bit, like bits. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be well, authentic on stage, and I... That's, uh, that's what changes, though. I mean, your persona changes and your process changes. Because <clears throat> mm -hmm. if you keep doing this consistently in two years, you're going to be different than you are right now. Yeah. If you work hard and try. Uh, a lot of people, you know, in New England like to just, you know, get 10 or 15 minutes and just coast on that for yeah. you know, years. Uh, because they can sustain a life well, in like, the area. Yeah, with just I'm that. part of something. I'm part of a club. Yeah. You know, these are my friends. I'm not alone. Uh, yeah. Comedy's cool. I'm cool. Do you get scared that you're going to be stuck in Boston? Uh, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, like, I, I should have moved a year ago, but then this happened. Yeah. Uh, so uh, my goal is to be out of here by September 1st. Because shit is opening and you do have so many years. And like, I guess that what is that tough? Like, are you going to. That's where I want to be either way, mm -hmm. regardless of comedy. I like New York. Do you think people are scared to start fresh, like be like a new I comic? Think that's why in a lot of people, yeah, I think that's why a lot of people don't move. Yeah. Because, I mean, especially once you're established here, you're like, oh, fuck, bookers come to me. You know, I don't have to reach out anymore. Uh, you know, you get respect. You yeah. get to bump people on open mics and stuff. <laughs> I mean, like, it feels good. But, you know, I, I don't know. Um, and that works for some people. But I, I don't want to do that forever. So, yeah. Uh, plus, you get inspired by more talent. You know, you do. Like, if your goal is actually become a great comic, uh, you, you have to be around great comics. You know, you're like, oh, fuck. I got to be doing that. Mm. That's what I want to be. You know, yeah. that's what inspires you. Um, when I was like 16, 17, I'd go every single weekend to laugh Boston just to like see shows. And then I'd go sure. to other shows on the, and just like to yeah. be inspired even before I yeah, did it. Like, absolutely. You have to see it totally. live, like good comedy. It's amazing how many people like start doing comedy that weren't into stand up comedy, you know? So I think about this sometimes too, because you'll have awful comedians, comedians mm -hmm. who do stand up comedy and they don't have an interesting thought in their body. Uh, 
And it's just like, all right, you didn't watch stand-up comedy. Yet you're doing stand-up comedy. Like, how the fuck did you get into this? You know, it's a community like, feel. It's a community like, feel, but I feel like it's ego. You know, it's just like, hold on. What is, I have a microphone and I say my thoughts. Where do I sign up? I have important thoughts. Yeah. And people think because they say fucked up things and people laugh that saying fucked up things will make people laugh. Uh, Totally. Which isn't really what it is, which I'm still well, guilty that, that's, of. That's like, uh, no, but I mean, like, that is the Legion of Skanks. Like, I love, I love Skanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you will have, like, you know, a portion of their base, which are just, like, edge lord, like, oh, fuck, yeah, just, that it does, feels good to talk about whatever. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, well, if you're fucking good and talented and funny, like Big J or, you know, it's just like, uh, that's what a lot of people miss. Fan bases kind of ruin things in that way because then I feel like maybe they don't get taken as seriously when it's like, like, I don't know. I've had people be very flippant over Big J and be like, you don't understand that he's one of the best comedians out right now. Some people don't don't like him. Yeah. Yeah. Or they just don't understand because it's under that Legion of Skanks like um, um headline that's yeah exactly we we all judge the book by its cover yeah i mean like he's as good as it gets really yeah um and and to talk about the subject matter that he talks about in a general audience the degree of difficulty is so high you have to be so skilled um yeah he's one of you know my favorites easily but uh it's just weird how we get divided over shit like if you for instance like on twitter like if i had like a view on cancel culture Okay. And I tweeted something about cancel culture, especially if it was anti, mm-hmm. um, it would just immediately become, Oh, just typical white guy, blah, 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 blah. Even if it's like a unique angle, yeah. even if it's a thought out opinion, you know? Um, and I think we have that all the time, depending on the subject you're talking about, where like we can just disregard someone based on their demographic. That happened to me all the time. I literally have a minor in peace and social justice from college yeah. and like, Anytime I was in those classes and I wanted to say anything, yeah, it was like, shut the fuck up. Not that I wanted to talk, but it's yeah. like, I can't even add, like, even if you arrive at that conclusion, you want to think about it. You want to think about all the sides, exactly, all the angles. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, and that's especially, it, it's one thing if you're just Joe Schmo, some dipshit, you know, uh, but if you are a comic, I mean, that is kind of your, your job to like, think of all the angles, think of all the sides. Cause, uh, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, there's my buddy Pratt once again, my co-host. Uh, he said something like, "Because he, he was in Boston comedy for a little bit, and he was like, no one is ever the bad guy in their jokes. No one's ever the bad guy. They're always the virtuous person who who's on the right side of history. This guy got on the uh, elevator, and he said, all lives matter. And I was like, no, 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 sir. And it's like, okay, well, that's not fun, you know? Yeah, yeah. of course. So it's like, I love finding the sliver where you're the bad guy, but you found like the sliver in the logic. That's weird that you say that because I think about that whenever I write a joke, I want to be the butt of the joke. And it might be because the first time I ever did stand up on Kill Tony, I did a joke about homeless people. Name drop. And it was the first time I ever did it. And Mike Lawrence came up to me afterwards and he was like, don't joke about homeless people. Oh, really? And that was the first time I ever did stand up. And it really like made me nervous. So like I had this thing in my head where it's like, I have to be the butt of the joke no matter what. So I'm very. Don't joke about it. But then I saw him at Laugh Boston a year later do a joke about homeless people, which I actually didn't think was funnier than the one I did. I don't think it was. He's a better comedian, but like the premise of it. And it was. But yeah, I always thought about that where it's like, I want to be making fun of myself. Well, that, cause that's, what's funny. And, and any comic who's like anyone you consider an all time great, uh, they probably aren't the most virtuous person in the room. Yeah. Bill Burr's paper tiger. I don't even want to, I like got emotional watching that, hearing him talk about anger and yeah. his problem with anger and being like, sure. We're getting real with it. Cause that's something I feel heavily is a problem with anger totally. and him opening up. Absolutely. And he gets it. It's yeah. like, when you pretend your shit doesn't stink, like that's a not funny and it, it's it, it's B bullshit, you know, because like once you establish like, all right, we're all pieces of shit okay, yeah. of different degrees. OK, mm-hmm. but even the best person, you know, has something shitty they do. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so it's like just att- just pretending like you have all the answers and like, oh, I'm, I'm the most morally sound. That's the opposite of funny. Yeah, it's just the opposite of funny. Yeah, because you are like. 
in the end of the day, it's you're like trying to make you them laugh. You're not shitty. trying to teach them. I know them. you do. Yeah. You do something shitty. It's like people who are always friendly and always happy like, and fake. always. I know there's darkness you're somewhere. Fake. That's I, a I, real... bet, I bet Jeffrey Epstein was a friendly, charming man if you met him at a party. I guarantee he was. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, you see this all the time, too. You see it with, uh, I was just talking to a friend about this, actually. Uh, like, when you, it's like the male feminist. Okay, so mm -hmm. I've been thinking about this. Where it's like, all right, so when you're like, I'm a feminist, I'm a feminist. It's like, yeah, motherfucker, we're at a bar in Cambridge. Guess what? We all think women are equal. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it's kind of like insulting for you to have to say it about yourself because it, it's you complimenting yourself. Well, I think women are equal. It's like, yeah, who? Yeah, that, yeah. We, we all do. We all do. We all do. Guess what? You're, you're not in. We're not in fucking Southern you're Alabama not special. Right, right now. Yeah. Well, it's like saying if you said out loud, like, "Well, I'm a good person." It's like, all right. Well, that's kind of yucky. You know, I kind of, yeah. I kind of, it doesn't sit well. And whenever you see like the guy who just like says it a little too often, I'm always watching that guy closely. Mm. I'm like, you're hiding something, motherfucker. You are hiding something. Yeah, because like you're hiding. You did. You did. You did something bad once. That's what I had a class taught by a white guy called Black Lives Matter. <laughs> okay, yeah. He was married to a white woman, didn't even have like a white guy. <laughs> didn't have a black friend, didn't even know G'd up from the feet up. I, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> no, but this is the thing is I, I don't, speaking of Legion Skinks, I don't like Milo Yiannopoulos. I never was really a supporter, but I wanted no, to I know either. what my teacher thought about him because that was when he was in his most popular sure, time. Sure. So I asked this guy, how do you feel about Milo Yiannopoulos? And he goes, you will not speak that name in this class. Ugh. And it was like, oh, you're race. Like, there's some like, oh, it's like, look, can we be adults? Yeah. Like, tell me you don't like him. Like, tell me how you tell actually. Tell me why. Educate yeah, me. For real. Like. I don't know. Like, don't make him just Voldemort. The, he was like, if you hear your grandparents say something racist, call them out immediately. Like, ruin Thanksgiving because this is for the people. Like, and it's... I will let a, I will let a person over 65 say anything. <laughs> you can't teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> yeah, it is true. I'm, it is. Not, I'm not educating a 78-year-old. Yeah, my grandma used to what tell What did you me, just say? <laughs> My grandma used to tell me not to date black girls because they'd steal my money. What a smart woman. Right. <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah. And did you correct her? I Well, it was funny because one of my girlfriends was Puerto Rican and she couldn't she couldn't fathom that her family was more well off than our family. Oh, really? Like she couldn't fathom that. Like that's, that's what it is. I mean, like, and it, so it, you can't, you can't like change their mind. It's why a, a person shouldn't be in their late seventies running for president. Okay. That's, and I mean, yeah. I mean this for Trump or Biden or anyone yeah. else where it's just like, you are a shell of your former self when you're 78. 100, Even the most in shape, well put together 78 year old is a lesser version than that person was 15 years ago. To that would be like if pop stars were like 70 year old, yeah. you know, like, I mean, it's like, stop it. You, I mean, and that's, and that's a president, you know, like, uh, the average 78 year old, like they are not learning anything, but new. I think it's because they're not even learning new recipes. They have the same diet. Like George H Bush is allowed to squeeze asses because he's old but if it was a al franken's well, gets canceled but people for, still had i mean once again it's like how many people really there were some loud people on twitter just like hw bush and i'm like he's 86 but like i think i mean if like does he, even, does he even know he's doing it <laughs> seriously and he's yeah. not a threat if politicians were younger, though, I think they would get canceled because they're old. You can be like, they're old. It was in the past. That's why presidents are old. Because well, if the past. a president was like 35 now, they're going to pull up something on Twitter. They're going to have like a recent story oh, of him like feeling up a girl when they were too drunk. There will be a great one of those coming pretty soon. You have to figure like fappening happened. Yeah. You know, we're going to get a presidential dick pic. We're going to get a blowjob video. But that's video. why you have old people doing it is because they, they're like untouchable kind of. They're invincible. They are. They're invincible the, 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 other the, than other, the Corona. Other, <laughs> other than the Grim Reaper. Other than, <laughs> other than the, but it is true. Like they're invincible to like what cancels people now. Yeah. Yeah. Do well, you ever worry about getting canceled? I'm not. Uh, I, you are on well, a well, great podcast, Dude, Where's My Goat? Which is a. Thank you. It's no rest in peace. Rest in peace. It's gone now. But like you uh, guys said some crazy shit that like you guys could get in trouble for. 
if it gets yeah, pulled up. I, I mean, I, I suppose it was always in a joking manner. And I mean, I don't know. It's just who I, I don't really want to live in that world where you walk on eggshells. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I said anything, you know, too racist. Uh, it, once again, it's just all part of this conversation where you're exaggerating for comedic effect. Yeah. So if someone takes the words literally, that is a shame. Yeah. It is a, pro- and it's you also I, when it gets I mean, written out, you know, like when it's written out when, when it, Shane Gillis when says, she gets like, written out, it yeah. becomes way more real for some reason. It really does. It becomes way more real than even if I just said something to you right now. I think it's, once you the, see it written, it's like official. Yeah. Well, because you then, when I say something crazy or when you say something crazy, you think of because we are comedians, like that's what we want to do. Sure. We want to make people laugh and say wild shit. Sure. But when they read it, they aren't comedians, so that's not how they would output it. So they put it how they would say it out loud, which would it, come off as hateful. I like to think long before I ever did comedy, I could just see that, like, like understand the basic principle that, like, most jokes are exaggeration for comedic effect. Yeah. And there are some sick puppies who live their persona. There are people who, I mean, Fitzgerald does this. Mm-hmm. I mean, Fitzgerald offstage is still in this character. That is true, but I you know? remember saying something that wasn't PC to him. I'm not going to snitch on myself. And he corrected you. And he corrected me, and I felt so bad about <laughs> You're myself. Like, this monster corrected <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the thing. And, 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 and if you were just like a social justice warrior, you would never be able to watch his act, and, and you'd just be like, oh, he's an awful person. Mm-hmm. You're like, no, this is an act. This is an act. Yeah. Like, this guy is pretty left wing. Yeah, uh, of he, ju- he just thinks these are hilarious. He thinks, and they are hilarious. Like, he, he, the people who like him, he's their favorite comic, you know. But that is, I guess, it seems like it's coming back. Like you can be, you can say whatever you want. Like, yeah, if we, Tim we, Dillon and Andrew Schultz are like the two biggest comedians on the rise right now, sure. like you can really, you yeah, can that, say what you that, want. That gives me hope. I mean, Alan just needs to come out as gay. He does, you know. Stop lying to yourself, Alan. I see how you eat those subs. <laughs> Deep throwing hot dogs. Uh, yeah, I I hope it does swing back because it's just like look at the fucking world and we have much bigger problems. I think we haven't. I don't know that we ever will. We just haven't figured out what social media is. We, oh yeah, we, we don't know don't. exactly what it is because we take it still literally. We don't take a tweet. Some people take tweets as a fleeting thought. Other people take it as like a complete endorsement. Mm-hmm. I saw you like that tweet. It's like I was fucking driving. And I read half of it. Yeah. You know, it's it just like if you think like a like is just an endorsement of something, it's just like, oh, fuck. It. You know, this has happened. You know, someone has seen like someone posted like, I don't know, blue lives or whatever it is, something pro police. Mm. Someone liked it. And, you know someone else saw that this person liked that tweet and now doesn't like the person. Oh, totally. You know, that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Which is madness because who knows, who knows how much the person liked the tweet. That is true. Who knows yeah. if they accidentally fucking liked it. Who knows? But it, uh, and then we're, we're so scared to then talk and it's crazy how wild people get online got, with each other. The pandemic has exacerbated everything. I so won't far. get in any fights on Facebook, but if I have a problem with you, I will come to your the face. The second like, you get into an argument online, you've lost. That's Everyone it. loses. I don't get the point Zero. of Zero. Well, this is it. If you look at it from the perspective of no one has ever changed someone's mind <laughs> through an argument on Facebook or Twitter. That's happened zero times in the history of yeah. the world. So what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. It's like, it's like if you went to a casino where no one had ever won, no one had ever won. You're like, no, I'm the exception. <laughs> that's like, a good, that's I'm a, the exception. That's a good it's like, it's never happened. It's true. People still argue. It's like, if I saw someone like tweet all lives matter, or let's take it even further. If someone, if someone tweeted like death to the Jews, okay. It wouldn't even occur to me to engage this person. No, because I'm like, I'm not changing death to the Jews' opinion on this. Yeah. Like, this is not happening. Or even like, but someone goes in public, like you cross the street if someone's yelling crazy shit. Of course. On the street. Like, oh, I'm going to reason with with the homeless man screaming death to the Jews. Oh, I (laughs) didn't think of it that way. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Dude, commenting on shit is insane. Like, like if you're giving paragraph responses on top of someone's like fucking status update. Yeah. I mean, like you have, you need more shit to do. Well, like I like posting pictures of myself that I think are like good pictures. Yeah, you and do. Then <laughs> I, but then people get mad at me for that. And it's like, 
I'm doing it for what? Like, do you want me to like post controversial shit like on Instagram and then you get mad at me? Like, do you want me to post yeah. like that bit on TikTok? It's a school shooting bit. And on TikTok, it gets 18,000 views. But if I post it on Instagram, I know that people from my past would get mad. I took a girl. They all have a different. I took a girl to a show once and she waited till I left the state to then text me how disappointed she was and how unfunny I am and how like and how like. How could you do this to... It's easier to text that stuff. That's what I mean. Like, you won't say it to my face. No, I think that's what we've kind of created, where it's like, if we were, like, moving the entire human civilization to Mars, Mm -hmm. um, and we had to make, like, a new constitution, okay, this is why we're leaving, because we want a better world, and we're leaving the old people behind (laughs) and whoever. Uh, I feel like you'd have to ban social media. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, if we've, we've been running the experiment for almost 20 years now, and like, unless there's a big like change, uh, it just divides us so much. And Do it, you it, think it, it will change it, or it will ev- will evolve with it, or it'll change for us? I hope, like we were saying, like I, I hope when someone likes a tweet or they tweet something, we don't take it as like gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope we learn that like, okay, just because it says this thing doesn't mean that person is awful. You know? Yeah. Because uh, calling someone a fucking idiot is the greatest way to ever make them not change their opinion too yeah that's the thing we just haven't figured out at all and it's i mean the, that on the left too it's like all right you're fucking stupid you voted for trump blah 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 and i'm just like yeah the person is stupid but if you fucking call them stupid they're never gonna see the light no it's like right it's being like you're racist or you're sexist or you're it's that, like that's it i mean if you're if you're on the left everything is about upbringing and education unless you're poor white and racist then you're beyond repair yeah it doesn't matter even though we know exactly how you make racist people Uh, maybe this is why comedians do like saying crazy shit it's because i do feel like comedians you went through some type of adversity and that's why they want to do comedy at least ones who really care about it i ones who care about about it i feel like it's a loose term but yeah went through something hard to get Uh, to them maybe not necessarily. I, I like to stick up for like the sad clown. Everyone thinks you have to be a sad clown. Like I like to think that you don't have to be. I guess you I, know, you I could put be my a person own who personal. just thinks about the world. I was told so much growing up that I couldn't share what was happening around me and that I would the world wouldn't love like me or they wouldn't they'd get mad at me if I would share what was happening in my life. Okay. So then when I found comedy, like listening to Doug Stanhope, that's one of my favorites because oh, it's like all time. I'll say what like I'll yeah. say whatever because oh, yeah. I was told for so long I can't well, say shit. It's, I mean, it's also I mean if you you, you look at it like this too, like stand up comedy, like, uh, there's nowhere else really in life where you have the opportunity to talk about those certain subjects like you do with stand up comedy. Yeah, I wouldn't even tweet about some of the subjects, you know. Uh, but you can do it there. So it's like, that is kind of like one of the last bastions of like, you know, absolute free speech where you can just explore subjects. A lot of jokes never even become jokes, but you can at least try. To I like, love the, my hardest days, like days where I, I, I feel like I have a really good set that night. Like a, a days that are like, yeah. if I take that pain or anger, if something really fucked up happens to me and then I go up on stage, even if that doesn't become a bit, sure. like I feel like I can use that. Yeah. But that's hard uh, to create all the time. Well, that's the difficulty. And I think that's what like comics understand that like just a normal person doesn't. And I mean, there are bright people outside of stand up comedy that understand like, okay, uh, you know, with free speech, it's like you got to say some stupid shit to find, you know, that little golden nugget yeah. you know, in the middle of it. Uh, but you don't, um, like a lot of these quote unquote comics don't even understand that, where it's like, some of your favorite jokes started out as these very rough, offensive subjects that got whittled down to this perfect little, mm-hmm. you know, sliver that they found. Um, and I, I feel like that should be easy to understand, but I think people get so emotional that they they're blinded yeah. but to the logic. I, I agree. Like, I don't know if you saw Bill Burr's SNL monologue. Of course. Uh, a couple months ago. Yeah. I saw it before the world opened up. I saw him do that set set for the first time ever mm-hmm. i was with we were, i was at the stand and he was went probably up, different and it was 
not offensive to me, but way more offensive because he didn't know how to handle the subject. So even to someone who gets it, I was like, he's talking through it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then I see it there and people are like, oh, my God, how can and it's like you don't even know, like you don't know what was the original. I, I, I think uh, I can't remember who I was listening to a podcast with some professor talking about this, but it's like I think like when you think of like what an enlightened society would be. Um, you do like to think it would be something where words don't ruin just the day or the life of a person mm -hmm. where if someone stupid says something offensive next to you, you know, all right, keep on moving. You don't just go home and write a blog post and just like base your entire day around it. Are there things that fuck you up? Like, are there things that could be, you don't have to tell me if it's personal, but like uh -oh. there's definitely things that would affect, there's still words, not words, but like, a combination of words can still affect me. Like if you say something to me, not you, uh, but like, yeah, 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 of course. Well, yeah, I know. Like fights with parents or something. It's like, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, I will never. I mean, I definitely can identify bad jokes at open mics and stuff. Mm. But uh, I don't even mean jokes. I just mean in life. Like, like, uh, it's is hard there anything to get... someone could say to me. Yeah, like I my... mean, there aren't many things, but I'm sure. I'm sure, like the people that are closest to me that know, like my life, could probably say something. And that's, but some people think of that, like, if I get in a fight with my parents and I get very upset about it or whatever, I get offended. Like that's an, I get offended. I feel well, like I'll give you an example. Like when one of my parents die, uh, which hasn't happened yet. Um, I like to think I'm still going to be able to listen to a comics joke about dead parents. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I can't say for sure, but you know, I'd like to think ideally I'd still be fine with that. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's a joke. You know, it's a joke. Um, and but, the, I but who think knows? You, you, let, be... you let your personal bias get in the way of everything. You're like, well, since I can't enjoy it, I don't want anyone to enjoy it. It's like, all right, well, you're a selfish fuck. Okay. And I like when people like make fun of not tiptoe around the idea. Like I haven't had a parent die yet, but when one dies, sure. I wouldn't want people to like tiptoe around the idea of it. I'd rather no. talk it out and maybe make jokes about it. Yeah. So then I can move past it. Cause if I can laugh about something, I've, I'm not going to get yeah, upset about that's it. That's what's so frustrating. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. It's just like everyone grieves in a different way. Mm -hmm. Some people shut down and just do not want to talk about a subject. Okay. Uh, because you know, in a comic many times, you know, I, I'll do this um, and many other comics you talk about it and you joke about it. That's how you grieve. Mm -hmm. And they just can't wrap their head around another person grieving about a subject or even discussing a heavy subject yeah. in a way that they wouldn't, you know, and they want you to live your life like they live their life. And it's mm -hmm. like, you're just as fucked up as me because you can't even talk about it. Right. You know? Yeah. We're just, just like, you just shut down. It's like the far right and the far left are very similar, but oh, that's yeah. the same thing with everything. Like but you have the moral high ground if you don't say anything about it. Yeah. And you get that with a lot of this stuff, like with any of these, like, you know, societal debates we have the moral high ground, uh, even if it's illogical, it makes it tough to like argue on, on Twitter or something because you're arguing from like the bottom of the hill. Yeah. You know, you're like, well, yeah. maybe, uh, you know, yeah, it is a problem, but maybe it's not as much of a problem. It's like, shut up, bigot. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, all right, well, I'm just trying to think about this and ignoring it. It's like, it's we're so dumb as people because a perfect a, we think ignoring something is going to help it but it that doesn't help personally a perfect debate is when you talk about racism in the past okay whether it's the dr seuss books or whatever and it, i don't give a fuck if the dr seuss books aren't being published but uh i mean i'll listen to this argument all day long where it's like okay well if you're trying to actually make awareness about racism uh do you want to just remove these or would that actually create the awareness to a kid if they came across this? Yeah. I don't know the answer to that, but I mean, I think you should at least question it. Yeah. Because I saw when I saw like old racist Scooby-Doo's or old racist, well, Scooby -Doo racist. Oh yeah. They would put tape on their eyes and wear like fake buck teeth to try to get oh, past. Like, I, I do that. But like anything like that Dumbo or anything, I saw it and was like, that's crazy. Like, I didn't think like, yeah, that's, they're actually Asian. The like the times change. I mean, there's stuff we do right now that in 50 years will be unacceptable. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And, and whoever is woke right now will be completely ignorant in one, in one of their views. Yeah. But they can't wrap their head around that. That's what Biden's position is right <laughs> now. Like, you know, uh, yeah, to, but like people 
as you said, like the when you're old, you're the former shell of yourself, but you tried, you know, people, I don't know, but you know, people from like college or high school was their glory days. And then sure. they always talk about that. And like, they try to, and it's like, but right now, isn't your glory? Like you're not trying to better yourself now. Biden was 70 years old and he came out for gay marriage. Uh, that's fucking woker than woke. If you talk to the average 70 year old. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I just mean like, this is eight years ago, 70 years old. Yeah. Okay. The majority of 70 year olds are not down with that. No. So, you know, so to act like he's just like, you know, depending on who you speak to, but he's just like, Oh, this guy is fucking worse than blah, 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 blah. And it's like, eh, well, I think we just had someone who was worse. Yeah. But any of this talk is it's even like sports talk. I feel like where it's like, you're not fo like I used to be real into politics. Oh boy, when you were a boy, oh, yeah, said the twenty-three-year-old. Exactly. When I, I was, was like really into politics, eighteen to maybe seven, sixteen then I to twenty. Acid <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> the only time I ever did acid, a kid tried to rob me right as I was peeking, and I never did it again. Really? Did, did you fight him off? I I screamed did, and did ran you, away. Yeah. I screamed, "Get away!" and ran away. This is a bad joke. You don't think he's real? <laughs> No, it was oh, real. No. But, but have you ever have you ever tripped? Yeah. Do you, uh, are you an acid or a mushroom guy? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a guy uh, <laughs> as far as any of those. But are I mean, you coming out as trans? I'm coming out as trans from? right now, right now on the Bucked Up podcast. Uh, You're done, my Todd I, Glass. I've done I've done acid twice. I've done shrooms probably fifteen times. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I love. It's been a while. Um, <clears throat> two years ago or so, I think I did them. Uh, but that was like the first time in five years. Uh, I love, I love mushrooms. I love What's the way it makes like, you think. Yeah. I'm not someone who would go to a concert or go out in public <laughs> on shrooms like you. Um, and it's not even the visuals I care about. I like how it makes me think. I feel like, uh, I categorize things well and I look at things at a different light. So it's easy to have like, I don't want to say an epiphany, but kind of a, uh, I don't know. What's a, what's a lesser epiphany? You know, some realizations. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you seem very even keeled. <clears throat> like when I watch back on this podcast, I realize how much I talk with my hands and how little you like you are. Because it's, it's just chaos in my head right now. And you have such <clears throat> a monotone voice. Like you have it's a very not a unique, compliment. It is. It's not a comp monotone. is not a compliment. I guess that's the, what's the right term? Deep uh, and very, sexy. <laughs> deep and sexy. Yeah. yeah. You have a very deep you should read raps. That would be really funny. Maybe, but, maybe that'll be my new thing. Yeah. But you do have a very unique voice and calming. Yeah. And you're very, is the in head, in your head, it is chaos. Uh, yeah. I mean, not right now. I feel now. like I'm the opposite. Not right, not right now, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm up and down. I feel like I'm very lively and very like animated, but then yeah, I, you are Sam. <laughs> yeah, you are <clears throat> like a clown. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I get high to try to like, cut that because people get annoyed i used to do that too but then i eventually was like i i think the weed and once again everyone handles it differently like mm -hmm. i used to get high daily uh and i just thought it kind of like whatever mental problems i had i thought it kind of made them worse because it kind of like it's like putting a band-aid on it yeah it's, you know it's and then the next day it's fucking worse and it's mm -hmm. like oh fuck i need the weed even more today yeah uh so eventually i was like eh, you know let's just drink <laughs> see i used to drink heavy Says the 23 year old, but back, I used to drink back in the day. I used to drink a handle of Jack Daniels every other day. John, 2017 to 2018, <laughs> those were rough times. For Sam, but... I'd say five, <laughs> it was five years of rough drink. Okay. Th four years of rough drinking. All right. And, and you switched to the shroomies and the weed. Yeah. That's I, great. Drinking is not good. Success it's story. not for me. Do you I, drink at all? I do drink some. Oh, okay. I do drink, say, but like, yeah, but I can't. You're generally not going out getting shit faced now. No, which I used to do. That's what I mean, like going back to the beginning, like ex celebrating for comedy. It's okay. like I'll have three Jack and Cokes. Fuck yeah. Which I guess that's a young man's drink right there. Jack and Coke. I, I used some to get sugar and some whiskey, baby. Fucked up off Jack. I ruined that. Them. Used to be like my first, like, uh, like in college bourbon and Coke. Bourbon mm. and Coke. That would be the go-to for three years. I used to bring around a big old a pint of like McGillicuddy's. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. I was. I used to. I yeah. I I don't okay. like drinking that much though because I don't feel in control. Weed. I feel like I'm in control. Yeah, and that's uh, I mean the opposite for some people. Just it's just it's just how your body reacts to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a drinker though. 
yeah, I'd say I'm a drinker more than you know weed. I was with you the last time I got <laughs> fucked up. I had to sleep uh, on Jamil's couch. Lord, <laughs> a guest on the podcast, Sam Buck. <laughs> yeah, I go no longer on the. But I was <laughs> you, drunk. That's what ended the podcast. Dude, where's my gut? Sam Buck's episode ruined us. Uh, yeah, you got a little fucked up. It was McGillicuddy's uh, and whiskey, and we were mixing them. That'll happen. <laughs> doing, that'll happen. Yeah, that was, I had to sleep up. But that was the last time where I was like, oh, I made a good decision that I don't drink heavily anymore. That's good. You, you got you to gotta know your body. <laughs> you got to learn your body. You know, we, we're all good at different stuff. Yeah. Well, I guess well, I want to finish on how much time do you think you have now? Like when you move to New York, are you going to try to be a headliner again? Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be a year or two of just meeting people and, uh, do you have proving any that a piece of shit. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so many comics have left Boston, you know, yeah. so I know a lot of people there. Uh, my co-host, uh, he lives there. Um, yeah, I mean, what I really want to do is I don't want to use my material from before the pandemic anymore, which kind of sucks because I put a lot of work into it, but I view that as a different me, you know, that what's was, the that, new you? No, I just mean that's a younger comic. That's like, uh, I, I don't think, um, I think like the last six months before the pandemic, I was a way better comic than I was before. So like, I like those jokes that I wrote in those six months, which mm -hmm. probably 10 minutes of material, something like that. Um, I'd like to keep that 10 minutes and then just do all new shit. Get rid yeah. of the old shit. You know, do I you feel like you're a different person now. I, I feel like I'm a better comic. I'm, I feel like I'm a much better comic, mm -hmm. like more even keeled on stage, you know, like less jumpy. Um, and uh, I just think the jokes are better. I just understand what an audience wants to hear now more than I did, you know, four years ago. Do you think people who didn't do any comedy over this year are going to come back thinking that like I've been able to do comedy? I maybe took three weeks off was the longest I went that's, without getting I, on stage this past year. So that's way I mean, that's way more comedy than most people yeah in new england at least um, i feel like people are going to come back and think that i don't think it whether you didn't do any comedy or you tried to get up as much as you could i, I don't think it matters yeah i don't think it matters because i think like when that person who didn't do comedy at all uh when they're able to get up for like a month consistently they're going to get their sea legs back i guess that's true i feel like i'm a much better comic now than i was you at probably the beginning. are you, well, i mean also, I know. also the growth is exponential when you're new yeah. in comedy mm -hmm. where you're like all right every little thing makes you better like oh okay i know how to say hello how are you to a crowd member now yeah all right, i'm a, a, that makes me twice as good as i was before 